You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. That come together in almost independent pods that do singing, greeting, and talking, and then we go about our individual ways and go back into this life. And we almost have superficial relationships where God intended deep ones. We look here at, we're going to look down in different verses, and it's going to get exciting here real quick, folks. But here we see in the text of Pentecost, I said this earlier, but people from all different backgrounds, languages, and cultures, they came together. Why? Because of the gospel. Because how they changed their life around Jesus. And how does our church with every other church come together? Because of the gospel. Remember, we are just one, one member. We are a member of one body. And so here, the, the Pentecost, this can happen. And we want to see how God intends for us to cultivate a gospel mindset. So number one, through spiritual growth. And that's obviously the easiest. That's where we have to start. They that gladly received his word. And that's where life begins. Life begins when you are born again. That's kind of a no-duh type comment, right? But that is when we began our spiritual life. And from then, we should be accelerating into this sweet little toddler stage, childlike stages, teen stages, and adults. And we should continue to flourish as a human being, as a spiritual human being. We are to see spiritual growth. It's only natural, and that's where we started. We see the church here in 241 that they were, they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And I will actually like to add in verse number two, and they continued. That's the growth right there. They continued steadfastly. I don't know about you, but there's a lot. Sometimes I do. I continue, but I can't say I always continue steadfastly in these things. But here this church, the new converts, the believers with a prior church, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread. Uh, people say that's Passover, maybe an actual uh, a complete meal. Either way, they're eating together. And if you look later on throughout Acts, they definitely ate together as well of doing the Passover. So either way, that would be breaking out and in prayers. So here's a church. They're growing together. They're praying together. Now, I love the Wednesday night prayer times, but is that the only time we pray together as a church family? Is that the only time we share each other's needs through maybe an announcement form here? Now, I know there's different things. We, we've been tossed to and fro with the day and age we live in. But we are in, in this particular age, we are so connected more than any other time in history. But yet we're so disconnected at the same time. We have the most means in front of us to do so much power. But yet we have a generation, we have a culture that is also at the same time disconnected. We see so much stuff in front of us uh, that when we, uh, let me just look here real quick. So we have, like I said, we are, we are so connected, but yet at the same time so very disconnected. We work our jobs eight hours, whatever the hours you work throughout the day. Some of those people that work in their time, they're already isolated. They go through maybe uh, into, uh, they work into uh, cubicles. I was going to say cubbies. Uh, and then anyways, then they go home and unwind. And what do they normally unwind with? Uh, maybe they watch uh, YouTube videos, they play video games, uh, Facebook videos, they go on to social media, and just all of that is just poor substitutes for the laughter and love of family and friends. And even into our own homes, so many times, I know myself included, my wife does a good job making sure sometimes the electronics 
are not present because we can easily become a poor substitute of what we truly want, which is real connectivity. And we have that in front of us with our own families and with the church family. But yet we are also so disconnected at the same time. We are so isolated. Americans are some of the loneliest people. Most of the societies, people don't experience the loneliness as much as Americans do. And it's because our, individual, our individualism and wealth has separated us from everyone else. And we are not meant to live in isolation. And so many times we go throughout church living isolated Christian lives. And so number one, God intends us to have spiritual growth. Number two, Acts 2.42, we just kind of alluded to it. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. These people were doing everything together. Because of the gospel, we see, number two, that there was real relationships. They knew what was going on in people's lives. They knew what was happening within their church. They knew what their neighbors were going through. And I don't know about you, but when's the last time we sat? I live in a, a different neighborhood for most. I live with Pastor and, and the Sully's next to us. But even with them, I have two neighbors. And I know them. I work with them. But yet even sometimes I can still be disconnected from the very own neighbors in my life. And what about you? The same is true with you. Have we had neighbors over uh, for a friendly chat for a dinner bringing them over the classic apple pie when they move into the neighborhood. Are we being that true, real relationship? Uh, that's the only way people will see the gospel when we have real relationships, when we live out the gospel the way it's intended, when there's not being forced to be together or forced to say hi. Just at a party last night with the Gonzalez's here, the other Gonzalez's, and I mean, what a great time it was. We were there, Joanne Cole, uh, Ron Cody, and some others. And it just, it was so nice. There was nothing was being forced there. I was enjoying some people were playing uh, chicken foot there. There was it was in time. It was an environment where nothing was forced. Nothing was contrived. Nothing felt obligated. It was an enjoyable time with great food for sure. But that's how that's how life is intended to be enjoying one another to true to have true connectivity to have real relationships. And that's what we need. That's what the community needs. They need to see people, Christians, with real relationships. And, you know, I, I feel sometimes, I'm not here to talk about our uh, hindsight's always 2020, but looking back at how we handle things, I wonder if our time to sh truly show true as Christians throughout the whole coronavirus, COVID season, pandemic, and we're still in it. But, you know, when we're in the, the height of it, I feel like the time I should have been the most Christian I was at my absolute worst, and true Christianity was so far from me. It let me truly see who I was as a Christian, how I acted to people who I did not know. I was not Christian many of the times, and I was not real through relationships with that. It was very much just, we got to get to the next stage. we got to set up something else, break down something here and there, and it just was moving. And it was so very evident in my life that uh, I did not have those real relationships. And then uh, number three, what does God intend for us? How do we cultivate a gospel mindset? Through unforced generosity, not feeling like we are grudging or doing it out of necessity or not feeling manipulated. You ever get around people, sadly, sometimes even brothers and sisters in the Lord, maybe you hear of a need and you feel kind of manipulated to give. These people here, look, look at this, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 45, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now, don't get into any type of socialism plan here. This was not, 
a dealing of socialism. This is people coming together with the gospel and filling un, un, uh, forced generosity. They sold of what they didn't need because other people had a need. It wasn't coming together, putting everything in a pot and living happy, ho-hum lives. It was them seeing another Christian brother in the need and saying, God has blessed me. Let me bless other people. It was truly as a man purposed it in the heart, let him give. Each person, whatever they purpose to, we know later on in Acts chapter 8, that not God didn't command everyone to sell all their possessions and give all. We see that through Ananias and Sapphira. God is not intending us to give everything we have to brothers and sisters. But when's the last time we just definitely added generosity, thought of other people? I was just touched earlier today. I heard a story of my mom. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's just, can we slow down here a bit? You guys are speeding me up here for that ice cream. Let's slow down. Let's take a drink. We're doing good. But just with the generosity, my mom, I heard a story. It was, <clears throat> we're doing okay. It was a, a person, an individual that used to be at their church. Uh, they moved away, and she heard something that kind of happened with one of the boys, and she got sad. Uh, the boy has seizures, and he had a, a very bad fall in the shower. Uh, it went into a, a seizure, and then while he fell, he turned the, the water on to uh, just scolding hot, and he was unconscious. He third-degree burns. And then the younger brother had heard everything. He ran in and turned off the water and helped the brother out. But through that, my mom got the address and just sending, sending both the boys and the younger one a gift. And you look at that. That's just, that's unforced generosity. That's just hearing of a need and your heart going out to people and saying, I love you. Let us give to one another as every man purposeth in his heart. Don't feel manipulated here. Don't feel out of fear. This is God's way, as, as God intended. It's not grunging. It's not by way of force. It's not, oh, yeah, I see that person every day. Uh, maybe I should. No, we got it all wrong. It's, it's just that generosity that flows from God blessing us that we want to, in turn, bless others. And that's something that I need to make sure I do more of because I can very much be grudging. Ask my own kids. I don't give them uh, any bit of my portion of ice cream. I buy the cheap ice cream for them, and I leave my, my Ben and Jerry's for myself. <laughs> I'm okay. I just thought if I was loud at my cough, it would clear. This verse 246, number four. What do they have here? Acts 246. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They had deep joy. The early Christians here, while they were doing all this, they had true joy. There was friendship. You know when you're truly with friends? And there's nothing that you feel like you have to be obligated to talk to. And I understand my wife has been going through a, a personality test, uh, not personality disorder. She's been going through personality tests and she's been growing and learning uh, the different, different personalities of individuals. We definitely know not everyone is an extrovert. When we say these things, some people are going to feel like, I, I can't do that. There's, there's introverts, there's extroverts, there's all these different personalities that people have. But yet we see here, and I'm saying there should just be joy in friendship. They had single, singleness of heart. They were of one accord. And remind you, different cultures, different ethnics, different backgrounds, different upbringings. Everything was different. We here are pretty much all the same. We just grow up in a, a maybe a non-boring place. We come together. Some live here all their life. Some are military. We have three basic stories. You live here your whole life. You're military. You moved in for some reason. And that's it. That's all of us. And yet we have all the same background and we have so much to where we can't get along with each other. These people come from all sorts of walks and, and wakes in their life and they were able to come together. Why? 
because of the goodness of the gospel. They had deep joy. And verse 47, here it is. Here's where he gets good, folks. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. There is powerful witness. And that's more than just a Saturday agenda. That's more than just a Saturday community outreach. They were so, because of these items, because there was real relationships, because other people saw that these people were real, they bought into it. There was something different. It was the, the woman at the well, come and see. That's exactly what these individuals said. They said, something is happening at this church. There is something inside my own soul. I can't contain it. We have fellowships. We stay up late all night. We have food. We go throughout work, and we can't wait to get back to each other's fellowship with doctrine and breaking of bread. And there was a powerful witness. There was true generosity. There was true spiritual growth. People changed from the inside out. It wasn't just looking at what other people should be doing. It wasn't looking at maybe other people's marks on social media or how maybe they have uh, backstabbed somebody else in the church. It was just people getting along with the gospel and living out the gospel in each other's life and their witness caused many more to be added daily to salvation you know the greatest thing that a church can see is people going throughout the week going to their places of work going to their neighborhoods and just living that christian life i'm not saying knocking on doors and saying have you heard about jesus i'm just talking about living that christian life to where they see it and you present christ in every manner of life that you have because it is within you and when we have that we see a powerful witness and then last chapter 3 verse 1 you may not be on the screen here now peter and john went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour we see lifelong partnership. You know, isn't that amazing with the church? People come and go. Coaches have moved. Just talked to Debbie Welch today, and she said, I just got a call from Brother Coach the other day, and he said, prices to California plane tickets have never been cheaper. I'm trying to get Miss, Miss Debbie to, to come up here and visit. But you know, you see that? You see lifelong partnerships. Isn't that amazing with just the gospel? Isn't that amazing with church People come and go. I just talked to uh, really Gabe Suarez uh, the other day. He called me in, in the evening time, and it was just a joy just talking with he, We served on staff together here for two years, and that's just you begin to have, uh, you begin to do life together. And when people leave, we understand ashes. It's very sad. They're going to be leaving. But what happens? The Joneses there in Texas, you keep contact with people because there's lifelong partnership. There's Even though we leave this area, it's not all just about us here in Marysville. It's about just doing life together. It's not intended for isolation. It's intended to be a church of community. And so you guys are listening great. They rejoiced. They prayed. They wept. What would you see every time someone was in jail? What were they all doing together? They would meet and they would pray together. It was just a part of their life. That's something that, honestly, I'm preaching this. I can't fathom it. Sometimes I know I'm supposed to be going to a house where we invite people over and it will be okay. Well, who else should we have over just to, to help out? You guys, can, can someone give me a witness here? Can you guys not look at me with hypocritical looks here? I'm looking here in life and I'm trying to be a Christian, but yet sometimes, you know how it is. It's maybe you feel like it's hard or maybe you feel like I don't get along. And we're not saying everyone needs to be best friends with every single one and let's all stand up and sit around with different people. We're not saying that at all, but yet we're saying that there should be some part, there should be some real relationships some lifelong partnerships that come out of just church going and it should be 
just real. Uh, and here uh, we see here that we have turned, I've said it earlier, we turned the church into a consumer relationship. Uh, I like this. And God never intended us to live in isolation. The church was never meant to be a consumer transaction that we benefit from, more so to be an authentic communicate, uh, community that we belong to. We're not supposed to benefit from the church. We're supposed to belong to the church. We're supposed to be authentic community. And has our American individualism and independence snuck into our view of Christian experience and the body of Christ? I know for me, it has been many times. I know it, the, the American pride, the individualist in me, the independence kind of just wanting to be by myself. I know that kind of sometimes slowly creeps into where if I need to have a gathering or even talk to people, sometimes you, you, I try myself to break up the, the elevator talk, as Pastor puts it, uh, the, um, uh, just the, the basic talking, you know, how, how we do and say, how's the weather, glad to hear things are going okay. And we, that's just basic talking. We need that. That's what we do. But so much of our lives are just based on going to church, having a small word of conversation, and going back out the doors. And uh, we see here that our church body, we are, we are just connected to the body of Christ. And I and you, we're a small part of this bigger entity, the body of Christ. Uh, for as many, uh, Romans 12, 4, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one member is one of another. And we see here, uh, we are just supposed to be loving one another there's a list i won't go through all of them the verses will be up there uh, but john 13 34 love one another colossians 3 16 admonish one another galatians 5 13 serve one another ephesians 4 32 be kind one to another later on in ephesians 4 32 forgive one another first thessalonians 5 11, comfort one another romans 14 19 edify one another Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one for another. Let's be a church that loves one another, that truly is a church that is community and not just individualistic. Uh, the Friendless American Male, it's a book written in the 80s. It says, we sit, sing, and greet together without forming any real personal relationships, and church becomes a place where Christians live alone together. What a sad statement that is. I hope that's never be, be true in our church, but yet we see churches, people just so, so, um, what's, what's the word here? It's uh, the, the, I think it's not uh, platitude, uh, something that is just, it's just mere, just, it's not, it's not deep. It's just something that is just simple. We go through just having basic, uh, basic platitudes of life. We ask how our days are going. And God intended not just to have that, that basic platitude, but God intended us to have inside deep passion one for another. Do we have that deep passion one for another? Do we pray? Do we weep with one another? I know I'm guilty of not doing that as much as I should. Sometimes I, I go through days where I'll send a text out or I'll try to visit somebody, and here it is. It is my job, and yet sometimes it's farthest from me. And I want to make sure that we are doing uh, life together. The devil, we know the verse here, uh, be sober, be vigilant. Our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. What do lions in the wild, what do they go after? They go after the young, they go after the hurting, and they go after the isolated. And that's why as we grow up in this church, we need to make sure that our young, our kids, our youth, that we protect them. We need to make sure that the hurting, those that have been hurt, those sadly hurt by other churches, hurt by other believers, hurt by the world, just those that are hurt, that's an easy attack from the devil. And then those that are isolated, 
those that are by themselves, what happens when that herd, when that, uh, if they want to stay protected against the lion in the wilderness, in the wild, what do they do? They stay together as the pack. And Bible Baptist Church, we are not just one church. We are all a part of the body of Christ. And we need to make sure that we love one another. And let's connect through the gospel. And let's cultivate a gospel mindset. Lord, we thank you so much just for the privilege to preach. I enjoyed it, Lord, and I was so convicted so many times where I have had uh, not deep relationships with one another, Lord, and I've kind of treated people a little bit more on just a surface level. And I pray that you would just continue to work through my heart. May I truly love the brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, how you love them and how you intended this life to be. I pray that you would just flow through us, that you would live out uh, that gospel that, that you would have us to do, Lord. And just maybe truly be someone, <clears throat> maybe we be individuals, Lord, that, that can say that we love one another, Lord, and we're kind, we forgive, we comfort, we edify, Lord, we serve, we have compassion. May we be a church, Lord, like the first century, uh, just Eastern culture there, Lord, as they grew up in Acts chapter 2. I pray that you would continue that church culture, Lord, here in our day, Lord, in our age, and in today, Lord, 2021. I pray as the piano plays that you would work in our midst. May we truly be a people that connect through the gospel. As the piano plays, we'll just have a couple of verses of invitation. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.